Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast and happy Thursday. Hope everyone's having a great day. Speaking of greatness, let me introduce you to the greatest mom, podcast host, sister, friend, Jacqui. Hey, Jax, how you doing? This is so sweet of you to say, McClure. To what do I owe the pleasure? What do you want? What do you need? Nothing. Nothing. I just wanted to express gratitude. Maybe it's because I'm coming off of like kind of my Barbara Walters moment yesterday. Right. With with someone who's very into, you know, the the positivity and like energy space. Mm. And my interview with our guest yesterday, like definitely changed my life. And this, if this is what we have in return for your interview, just like this positive heaping praise upon others, Claude, like you should do it every day. 100%. I, I feel so annoying. Like I hate to be, I mean, the greatest energy can't you guys to see it. But, um, and I tried to get the episode to release early, but it has to release at the end of the month. So I'm just going to keep talking about it, but we'll tell you guys soon. I have another interview today with someone really fun and exciting. Like yesterday's was kind of serious, very like, you know, mental health oriented. And today's is going to be like fun and fresh. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like why I'm feeling stunning. Why are you feeling stunning? I'm feeling stunning because you just, you know, talked me up. And that was really inspiring for me. And it's been a very good, productive morning over here. We have a great day full of stories. It's actually our last show of the week, which is always bittersweet. Bitter mm-hmm. because I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss yeah. the toaster. Sweet because, well, all everything else. Um <laughs> But uh, it's good to wrap up the week, get through the stories. Claudia texted me this morning begging. I didn't beg. On her hands and knees. I didn't beg. For us to talk about Harry. Prince Harry. Sorry. Prince Harry Windsor. It's confusing with my son. It is. Because I don't have to beg to talk about the real Prince Harry. Um, I didn't beg. That's what screenshots are for. I said, I think we can do a story today about Harry because... As much as like I've tried to avoid it and I do feel good like I was getting so fatigued there is so much to discuss we can discuss it I didn't want to like talk about it and my energy just to be like so like not even like so dismissive of it you know because I'm so over it yeah that's not productive podcasting no and it's not fun like when I'm like I hate you bye you know yeah yeah that's not a conversation so we are going to talk a little bit about it today um He's really just, my God, any shred of dignity or respect or um, like regalness that he had in my in my eyes is completely gone. No, he is a commoner through and through. But actually, it's an insult to commoners because I do not think most commoners would do what he's doing um, in so many different ways, like. The airing the family drama, like people's personal secrets, people's private conversations. And it's like, for what? For what? So we'll get into all of that. Uh, Before we do, this being our last show of the week, we have to catch up with our L.A. correspondent. We do. How is the West Coast treating it? Would you say it's the best coast? I definitely would not say that. And I think people who say that are deeply unwell. It's a decent coast, you know? That's what I would say. Do you think the East Coast is the best coast? 100%. Well, I think if we're comparing all coasts, like probably the Amalfi Coast is the best one. Amalfi Coast greater than West Coast, East Coast. But if we're keeping it national, no, I'm definitely an East Coast girl. The sun finally came out. It stopped raining, which has been nice. Um, 
and last night i've been just like you know trying to be productive while i'm here be social see people but last night i stayed in and i actually watched a tv show that i've never seen that people are obsessed with that i actually think you would love because when we were talking yesterday about how you want to start watching abbott elementary for you know these reasons i also um when i was watching the show last night i was like this could be a content upper for jackie can i guess what it is yeah Ginny in georgia no okay i give up no it is the mindy project it's I feel like it's a show that has this cult following. I'm always seeing like, you know, edits on TikTok. I've never seen one shred of it. Ben's sister loves it. So when we my TV has uh, Netflix at the hotel, praise be like all, all hotels should have Netflix. And I was just looking for something mindless to watch and like something good. And me and Ben watched like 10 episodes last night. It's so good. The writing is so funny. And I'm kind of just like in my Mindy Kaling era recently. Mm. And that reminds me, I have this like running list of like dream toast guests and outside of the obvious ones like Taylor and Kim, you know, Um, Taylor and Kim together. Iconic. So I am going to add Mindy Kaling to that because she is kind of everything. Yeah, that's very good. Maybe next time with my list, maybe next time with a little more notice, you could get her in L.A. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. let me Um, hear the list. Kiki Palmer. Okay. RuPaul. Okay. Kelly Clarkson. Of course. Kim, Chloe, Taylor, the, them, and now Mindy Kaling. It's a short list. It's a short list. Yeah, no, because this is like highest hopes, ideal, like random. Is that just your list? Like, should I be making my own list? Would you like to partner on a list? Yeah, we could do a collab list, but usually I house all the lists. So this is going to be hard for me to relinquish control. I feel like I should house it because then that way you could just like spew it and I'll write it down. No, and um, my phone just fell on the floor, so I'm not bending down to pick it up. Feel free to make your own list. You could like notes allows you to collab with others on notes. I know, but my my list of ideal guests isn't just that I use lit like notes for multiple things like underneath it is this list that I have for a spritz event we're coming up and then I think underneath it is like some questions I had for the guest yesterday like I use, oh, oh. I use multiple notes I don't like to waste paper oh I use a fresh note for everything okay I'm trying to remember mm. your list and then I will just add I'll on to you. it I'm honestly not even adding like Kim and Taylor like duh right you no, know this is like people who I always forget that I'm obsessed with yeah 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 okay so I'm gonna add so it was Josh Kiki Palmer Kiki Palmer, RuPaul, Kelly Clarkson, Mindy Kaling, Kim Taylor. Yes. Um, Josh Groban is a dream guest of mine. Um, Guy Fieri. I would love to chat with him and pick his brain. Yeah, yes. Elon, dream guest and possible because he podcasts. He does podcast. A lot of people thought when I was referencing – the, the guest yesterday, I, I posted a TikTok that I just recorded this amazing interview with someone, you know, who's really impressive and who you wouldn't expect to come on the toast. And it was a man. And the number one guest was Elon Musk. And I love that people have that much faith in us. Like, don't get me wrong. The toast is literally huge, but like we're not that huge, you know? Yeah. But like, even though Elon is by far the biggest person on this list, I actually think he's the person with the biggest chance of we could actually get him on because he goes on podcasts. He's like yeah. a man of the people. No, and we are so a true. show of the people. And it's really important that people don't forget. And I'm including myself because I'm constantly forgetting that I actually met Elon Musk. And he told me he liked my blog like five years ago. Um, so like there's a, a connection there. So you should get on your blog and do a call yeah. out to Elon because he obviously checks it every day. Checks it daily. Like he definitely checks it daily. And I definitely could use my platform for good. You could. And you should. You could. And I will. Uh, Anyone else? Shall we continue on the list? Anyone else? I would have loved to have Queen Elizabeth II rip. Mm. Did she ever do any podcasts before her passing? No. She did a lot of radio. So Classy queen. The same but different. We could have lied and said we have a big American radio show. Yeah. I don't think she wants to be on big American radio though. No, definitely not. She's probably well, like missed opportunity. Sure, that's what you'd sure. say. Um, I also feel like Kiki Palmer coming on the toast. Like now that she's pregnant, like I feel like she would do it. Like we're kind of like a mom oh, yeah. podcast. Kiki Palmer would be a great guest, and and she's so toasty, and we're so Kiki. Like that, honestly, we should just get the the wheels turning on that. Yeah, I think so too. And I think we would like 
like to see Kiki Palmer in real life in action would be probably one of the greatest joys of my life. Like, I don't think there's a person on the planet who is naturally more funny than Kiki Palmer. I know, but she's not even trying. But it would also be a hard interview for you because like you'd really have to just not talk so much because we're just like listening and observing. Okay, so I actually was going to say, I actually think it would be easy for me because I would not want to talk. Like I would actually just want to listen. It's like I'm watching a movie. Okay, and you think that you could do it? Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful. You should have seen me yesterday during this interview. So quiet. Like I was trying my absolute hardest not to like jump in, you know? Good. That's, that's it's good. It's hard for me. But you also like. It's hard for me. There, it's just, it's a dance. Like I feel like people always like to complain about other podcasts, not ours. That like that person was talking over the guest a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like. Yeah. That is annoying when people do that. But you also have to keep the conversation going. So it's. Right. It's a line that you have to walk. Because especially with podcast interviews, they're interviews, but they're they're more so conversations. Yes. And a conversation requires two people. Yeah, it's not just a one-way street. Right. And that's why we love conversation. I love conversation, especially when I'm the one bulldozing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll keep this list open. As we talk about people, like we'll talk about whether or not they deserve to be on this list. No, and you know what? If somebody steps out of bounds or acts, you know, like a fool, they might be removed from the list so true and that would be devastating for them like everything changes when you're removed from the list so we're keeping hollywood in check with our list we're always keeping hollywood in check we're just like these watchdogs we're these like checkers checkers because you want to know why hollywood is playing chess and we're playing checkers and that's embarrassing for us yeah that means we're dumb and stupid yeah and simple minded simple Minded. Oh my God. Also, so yesterday after my interview, I went to the Good Influences podcast, podcast hosted by like Carly, Aaron, Matt King, and Mike. Um, and I just liked their podcast and I was really excited to do it. And we had like a really great conversation. And I was referencing Katie from Sex in the City, like simple girls versus like crazy girls and how I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, I'm a Katie. And when I tell you, not one person knew the reference. And that was like the first time in recent memory I've actually felt like embarrassed. I'm like really sad. I wasn't expecting a sad tale from like your time on the Good Influences podcast. I thought you were going to talk about like what great time you had, which I'm sure you did, which I'm sure you did, but you just like have to tell us about the one (laughs) awkward moment. No, it was great. And then like, I'm just so used to talking to you who knows every single movie, TV show, book reference that I'm going to spew on the show. So I didn't, I didn't even say it with explanation. I just said it like assuming everybody knew, would know what I was talking about. I was like, I'm like a k- Katie with k- k- curly hair. And, and they're like, everyone, Claudia, are you okay? <laughs> they're like, this girl's having a seizure. This girl like, developed you, a stutter. I'm like, you guys don't know k- 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 Katie with the k- k- curly hair? They're like, what? I thought for sure Carly and Aaron would know, but not like Matt and Mike. Nobody knew what I was talking about. And then I really realized how like what we do is so insular. Yeah, it is. It must be hard to like go out into the real world. You know, you're like someone who's been homeschooled and now you're going yep. to North I'm, Shore High School with Regina George. I'm literally Jacob Tremblay. You're Katie Heron. I'm Katie Heron, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say you're Jacob Chamberlain in room. Like, that's extremely extreme. Oh, have I not made that abundantly clear to you? Like, I'm the most extreme in the world. Like, that's so me. That's so... you. I guess that makes me Brie Larson. Um, I guess? In room. No, I know, but... I guess, actually, I would be Brie Larson in room because, like, she's extreme at the end, you know? Like, she can't handle it. No, but I feel like... I feel like you'll adapt better out in the world. I just want to say, I think, actually, I do agree with that. But the way I've seen Room once, and I find myself applying Room to everyday life, like that movie, do other people like regard that movie as much as we do? Like, I think it's like literally the most important piece of art that's ever come out of Hollywood. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. You only need to see it once. (laughs) Anyone who watches it more than once is like twisted. Problematic. Like watches it for actual entertainment. For pleasure. Ugh. Ugh. Sick. Ugh. Well, we have an amazing show. Anything else you want to catch up on? Like, have you driven anywhere recently that you want to talk about? No, actually. Um, oh, but I guess I'll use this time to make a PSA because I went to the doctor yesterday. I went to the dermatologist just to get a full body check. All's so well. Smart. But just wanted Good. to use it as a reminder for everyone else. Because honestly, like, it took for me, like, a few celebs reminding us for me to be like, oh, okay, I'll get my ass there. Um, so yeah. if you're listening and like you've been putting it off, 
uh, just go. It was totally fine. But um, Zach had the car, so I did have to call an Uber, and I got that driver that I always get. Um, we're saw. on a first-name basis. Her name's Olivia, and she's a really big fan, so it was really sweet. Um, That's cool. To ride with her, yeah. That's cool. It's nice to, like, meet, you know, toasters in everyday life. Toasters in the wild. Um, and full body checks are so important. They are so important. And then I podcasted with my Uber driver, Olivia. Oh. <laughs> um, we just, like, took questions about, like, mom life, suburban life. It was really fun. We podcasted from Olivia's car. It wasn't moving. Um, we just, like, couldn't get to a quiet place in her house. And mm-hmm. it was really funny. And we're just talking about, you know, like, this current stage that the Kidgies are in and what the highs and lows are so cute moms for life so it's up on patreon now patreon.com slash the toast the diggity dust the dust yes siree uh did you have anything else that you wanted to share no relatively low-key just like productive busy day happy to be back here sad it's the last episode of the week but excited that by the next episode like i will be home i like i'm having a great time and i'm I'm really glad i came like i feel like it's been a really productive trip especially like after yesterday went so well like i just like that's really what i was here for so i feel really good and productive but like i'm so ready to go home yeah and i'm sure i hate to bring this up but i'm sure you miss theo it's so upsetting like yeah 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 Okay, we'll leave it at that. Well, Strice yeah. ends his love, my angel boy. Give my angel boy so much of my love. Tell him he has my whole heart, except for the parts that Theo has. Of course, and he understands completely. Like, yeah. he's good. understanding. <laughs> good, good, because it's a heart you got. <laughs> so, without further ado, here are the Fast Five stories that you do need to know. You do, D. You do, do need to know. That today's episode is also brought to you by The Perfect Bar. Looking for a protein bar that actually tastes good? Well, look no further than The Perfect Bar. With their lineup of fresh-from-the-fridge protein bars, Perfect Bar is exactly what you've been looking for. No chalky, artificial aftertaste here. They're made with with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods. Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars, little snack-sized bars too, that are all so good and good for you. You'll be sure to find something you love. My favorite is definitely the dark chocolate chip peanut butter with sea salt. Um, It's so delicious. It's become my go-to snack. I have them in the fridge at my hotel. I love that Perfect Bars are kept in the fridge. It really, like reinforces that their products are made with really fresh really healthy uh, ingredients and it's just a feel-good snack that's going to keep you full all day long when you're doing podcast 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 meeting 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 and that's what I have today um they have a cookie dough texture it's creamy and full of flavor unlike any other bars out there they now come in the snack size which is packed up to six grams of proteins and 150 calories so a little goes a long way with these it is the perfect thing to throw in your purse for a busy day you will feel full you will feel satiated you will feel energized perfect bars knows that it'll be love at first bite so for a limited time they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free here's how it works sign up for email or texts and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar. It'll go directly into your Venmo or PayPal account, which is pretty cool. I've heard so much feedback from so many of our listeners that they've done this already and that they love it. And it's just like great to get like free snacks and they love the pro- the perfect bar. So again, all you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get that free perfect bar. That's perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get that free perfect bar today. Happy snacking. Enjoy your snack and then enjoy a free one too because what's better than that? <laughs> that just made me hungry. I wish I brought one up here with totally. me. And then I could have totally. eaten it during the ad and no one could complain because I would be doing like product placement. Because you were doing your job. Yeah. Right. Our first story, Prince Harold... Harry Windsor is been unchinaed temporarily making audiences around the world cringe with some of the excerpts from his novel, including one bit that is particularly harrowing when you listen as an audiobook. So I told you like him reading it as an audiobook. I've seen so many clips online is another level of like invasiveness in my mind. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And I also feel like he definitely wrote this book. He worked with a co-author. Um, mm-hmm. But I could see if, you know, if he never, 
read the whole finished book. You know, he like gave his stories, then they worked on specific passages together and then the co-author put it all together and like it's possible he didn't read everything. Um, but he read the audiobook, which means he read the whole ass book and he decided to leave this part in. So uh, audiobook listeners are left feeling horrified as Prince Harry says he felt like his mother was right there in the room as he applied the Elizabeth Arden cream she loved to his fraught spitten penis. Prince Harry um, has left readers wincing with his account of applying Elizabeth Arden cream used by his late mother to his frostbitten penis. In the passage, he recalls that his late mother, Princess Diana, used to apply the cream to her lips, he says, quote, to her lips, and says the smell of the product made him feel like his mother was right there in the room before he applied the cream to his penis. He recounts how a friend recommended he use the product on the injured area after he returned from a trip to the North Pole before Prince William's wedding. This is when he tells us he had a frostbitten penis from the trip that he had at Willie's wedding, his frostbitten Willie for Willie's wedding. Uh, <laughs> and a friend suggested Elizabeth Arden cream for his nether region. Then he says, that's the cream my mom used. He cracks it open. I'm sorry, that's the cream my mom used on her lips. He cracks it open. She's in there with the, in the room with him with the smell and he applies it to his penis. People are calling the book a quote, Freudian nightmare. Yeah, no, it's definitely giving like some Hamlet vibes. Um, I don't know why this entire saga was necessary to include. Was Hamlet the one in love with his mother? That's Oedipus. No, I feel like it was, it was in the book Hamlet. I mean, they all are, if we're being honest. Yes. Okay, no, like, I'm telling you it's Hamlet. Let me Google it. Hamlet, yeah. mother, love. Oh, wait. Think... Yeah, wait. Hamlet does love his mother. He shows this by oh staying God, behind when she asks him to, instead of going back to school, checking in on her, trying to keep her out of his plans to kill Claudius Ooh. and not completely shunning her or hating her for moving on from his father so quickly. Oh, so it's like they're, they're saying Hamlet loves his mother. He doesn't hate her. Not like he has this oh. Freudian love for her. Okay, whatever. Like, English was not my subject. Still isn't even my language. Um... So I don't really understand why this particular personal anecdote like was necessary for the book. And then I don't really understand why anyone around him would have read this passage and not just like alerted him to the fact like it was fucking weird. And once again, I'm finding really nothing in this book to be of value or worth telling in the sense that like everything that they really wanted to share about leaving, I feel like they have done. So I'm not understanding the purpose of this book whatsoever. Yeah. And I don't know. I imagine the royal family is freaking out. The headlines say there's a war room to deal with the book. Combat. But like, yeah. to me, this is amazing press for the royal family. Like they, these, Meghan and Harry have been kind of a thorn in their side for since they left in 2020. And now he is digging his own grave. And I would just yeah. sit back and watch because- like the American people are turning on him and that's really where his biggest contingency of support was coming from. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I can't, I hope they're not thinking of this as like a crisis because it's really not like he's doing them a favor by really just like writing himself out of embarrassing himself. Yeah. Like, and just nobody, I think people for a while could relate to his feelings of, you know, putting his wife first and his children first and, and not wanting history to repeat itself. But I don't think a lot of people can relate to what this. he's doing and sharing all of these, not even the penis thing. If he wants to talk about his penis, like it's his penis to talk about, but like stuff about William and Kate, stuff about his dad, stuff about Camilla. I think like he calls, like there's like a lot of evil stepmother stuff in there. Honestly, the Camilla stuff to me is like the least interesting. So I, I don't even know what actually, he- I don't actually- I find Harry's take on Camilla. I watched an interview he did really kind of bashing her. I find his take on Camilla to be the most hypocritical because if anything, if anyone should understand like the position his dad was in, like being forced to marry, not being able to marry the woman he loved because she was like, you know, divorced or not considered appropriate. Like if anyone should understand that it should be Harry and how he was so lucky to have been given the opportunity to marry someone he loved because look at what happened to his dad and his mom because his dad was just not allowed from the get to marry someone he loved. I found his comments on Camilla to be the most hypocritical because if anyone should understand, it's Harry. Yes. No, but he can't because also like he's 
his his like Diana's boy. Like she, he's always gonna yeah. see it from the lens of Diana, who who hates Camilla, who hates Charles. Like they they and from her perspective, it's like okay, they always loved each other, and then they brought Diana in as just like they used her a placeholder a placeholder so the harry sees it that way too he doesn't see like this sacrifice that his dad made i don't think he has like a ton of reverence for his dad well that's just immaturity to me but it's like he can't even see this is like what we talked about yesterday self-awareness he can't even see the similarities between their experiences but just that harry had well one being the spare harry having the privilege of being able to make his own choice Right. And really, like, no one told him no when he wanted to marry Megan and and his dad was told no so many times. And like, look at what it did to everyone involved. Right. And but it doesn't seem like he has compassion for that. Again, I didn't read the book. Maybe the compassion just didn't make the headlines. Are you going to read the book now? No. One, because it's all um, out Out there. there. Um, All the highlights, anything that's really interesting is already out there. And I I got the point, you know, I feel like if anything, it makes it, it. I'm very interested like in the modern history of the Windsor. So I might read that book, The Palace Papers. I was mm-hmm. actually about to start it, but then I saw it was like 800 pages and I was like, I just can't do this right oh. now. Um, but I just, I don't know what's next for the, like, I feel like, I mean, I wonder how Megan feels. Cause like she, uh, yes. she's not yes. really sullied by this book. Like Harry no. is self-sullying completely, yeah. but like, yeah. Where does she go from here? Because nobody wants to hear from him anymore. Mm-hmm. How is she going to like, she's the only one who could really write their ship now. I think she still has, you know, positive Q scores and, and yes. people still like her, but not so much him. No, I was thinking the same thing. Like, what are Megan's thoughts on this? Because she's like, you know, we haven't heard from her. There's been like no press about her. The book is really about Harry and his experience. And to be honest, I just find like so much of what he's been writing to be so hypocritical. Like, of course, the Camilla stuff. But then also, I don't know, publishing like word for word text message exchanges between Harry, uh, between Megan and Kate is so so invasive. That's even if like it is what Jermaine, they, that's what they hate that's what that they the Daily Mail for. did. Yeah. That's what they sued for because when the Daily Mail published letters that Megan had written to her family, like that is an invasion of privacy. That is illegal. Like she was right and justified in suing the Daily Mail. So how you can turn around and publish someone else's conversations without their consent, like that's to me, like you're only interested in what benefits you like you don't actually care about the truth because that's so fucked up in my opinion yeah I also think that this book did not get published without Megan's consent approval too like like one I think a wife would read a husband's book too there's so much so much at stake and and you know she has a I think a good sense of judgment in terms of like what's going to play well with the public um so maybe they just didn't see it coming maybe they they've gotten so much praise heaped upon them for the last two years maybe they really didn't think they could go wrong and that people would lap up even more whatever more is he wants to share and call it so right instead of it being like oversharing maybe they they thought we would think it was brave you know no you're right like America has embraced them to the point where like you know if you criticize anything they do you're just like a hater and I do think that's sort of like unbridled like universal acceptance has maybe made them a little uh cocky yeah you're totally yeah. right. But I don't think they expected in a million years for people to really start to get so annoyed by them so quickly. Like there was a, a surgence of like, you know, especially for Harry, like uh, of Harry hatred from the documentary. And I think the book is just next level. I don't I don't think anybody's reading this book and and sobbing. Oh, my God, the truth. Like it's not I don't think it's what what he thought was going to happen. Yeah. So I think after this, they will have some quiet time. I, I would as you love to remind me, they have two more books. Right. But it could be anything. It could be children's book. Children's book. Yeah. Fiction. You know, he could write like a war novel or something. Who knows what his interests are. It could be a coffee table book. There's a lot of books. Shall I count all the genres? No. Would it change your opinion of him if he wrote a smut book? Yes. A good one. A good one. Yes. About like, you know, similar. Did you ever read Red, White, and Royal Blue? No. Oh my God, you should. I know. It's like royal smut. I know. So I think that's the only and way I you recommend could turn it. this around. It's so funny. I, re- I recommend that book to everyone. That's so funny. I try not especially, to recommend books I haven't read. 
No, because it has a it has gay characters, correct? Yes, it's a gay smut. So I always recommend it to my gay friends, and they love it. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I pretend, I pretend like I read it. I'm like, it's so good, right? Yeah, I guess I would do that about a book that like Dana highly recommended to me. I would like there's this book, The Push, that like everyone's read. It's really serious. Like I haven't read Le it, The Push, but I know it's really good. Oh, that's so Twilight. The Push, totally. Okay, Harry, that's your next PR move. A little smut. You should talk to Colleen Hoover. She should ghostwrite your next book. Yeah. Uh, even though she's in some trouble of her own. Yes. That's will, a great segue. It is a great segue. If we can put a lid on this, I guess, for now. Yeah. Put a lid. Like, seriously, and, and I mean this, like, with love in my heart, Harry, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up and go to bed. Yeah, but I think also he's reached that celebrity echelon where it's like they all are very like self-congratulatory. They don't really realize yeah. that like people fucking hate them. You know, he's so going true. on like Stephen Colbert and then Stephen's like, and they, they're doing all their bits and like there's no one around. I don't think they, they probably like don't even look at tweets because they just assume it's all haters. Right. And they no, just like so live in this right. bubble. Like I don't think he even knows that feelings have changed. You know what? You're so right. That's such a danger of celebrity. And I find like when celebrities have people around them who are just like, you know, on the payroll and work for them, like their posse, it really leads to a level of delusion. And, and so many of like the most grounded celebrities are people that have like childhood friends, family around them who can tell them like, bitch, you look stupid. Yeah. And you need to, I don't think it's healthy to read like everything that people think no. about you. But if you're business is being a public figure like you do need to take the temperature sometimes no you need someone you need a temperature taker it doesn't have to be you yeah an honest temperature taker who's like yeah. listen we're chilly today mm -hmm. we need to heat things up with some smut right oh <laughs> okay well let's get into our next story which is going to bump to number two some colleen hoover news she is yeah. in a little bit of hot water. She's been um, dubbed as, quote, tone deaf for a coloring book inspired by her novel about domestic violence. It will not be published after all. So Colleen announced on Tuesday that she was publishing a coloring book inspired by her book, It Ends With Us, which I think is her biggest book yes. of all of her books. The novel is largely about domestic violence, violence, leading many to criticize the coloring book. On Wednesday, Colleen's publisher announced the project would not move forward. So Colleen had said, um, I'm one of the adult coloring books, biggest industry consumers. So to have one of my books turn into a coloring book is a dream. I'm so excited for this releases uh, April 4th, 2023, beautifully illustrated by Emma Taylor. But then social media users were not excited as the author initially was about the project. Many critical of the decision to turn a novel um, into a coloring book due to a subject matter. It's about yeah. domestic violence. Both the main character and a mother face domestic violence in the story. Um, Here's when you put it like that, yeah. Here's the thing. It's definitely weird. Like, first of all, it's weird. Like, and uh, and the fact that the for that this idea made it from like the ideation stage all the way to publication without anyone being like, is this weird? Is definitely cause for concern. But ultimately, like, there were people who were excited about this. I just think with this like backlash culture, like, if you think it's weird, like, just don't buy it. You know? Yeah, I. Also feel like I can understand how an idea like this, you know, comes to be. This is a massively popular book. It's being turned mm -hmm. into a movie. Like, how do we monetize it in a way that makes sense with Colleen and her brand? And brand, I'm sure they yeah. threw a lot, of, a lot of ideas. I'm sure a lot of the ideas, when you think about the fact that it's a book about domestic violence, a lot of the ideas then probably don't work. But I don't think they were thinking about the book as a book about domestic violence. Honestly, I think they were thinking of it as, you know, a Colleen's love, love story. story. Yeah, and when you look at the book from the lens of books one and two, like the whole series, it is a love story. But when you think of it through the lens of book number one, and if you haven't read it, just this is a spoiler alert, like there is no love story. Like you actually, the book ends. No. And the book ends and her and Alice just reconnect on the street. They don't fall in love. They fall in love in the second book. For sure, but it's like you know that she's going to be with Alice. And like the, after everything that they've been through that they're going to be together. Yeah, but like in the actual book, they are not together. Yeah. I don't know. If someone brought this to me and said like, we're going to do a coloring book about it ends with us. It's so popular and people want like more shit to do with it. Content. I'd be like, okay, cool. It would not register for me. 
no, it definitely like takes a minute to like sit like and something about coloring is very childish. And and I think that's why the adult coloring space is so popular. It's like reconnecting with your childhood and it's very calming and it helps with anxiety. So in a lot of ways, like it kind of does make sense, you know, like it, I get why it's weird. Like I agree that it's weird. I don't know if they had to, you know, halt the whole thing. Like if, if you don't like it, don't buy it. Like you don't have to write a tweet about why you think it's dumb. Like just don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think coloring, I, you know what, actually, I can make the argument that, that the, I can make the argument, actually, that, that it's not a terrible idea. That it could be healing. Adult coloring is very much like a healing thing. It re- reduces anxiety. It's an escapism. And so I actually could see someone thinking this is a good idea. That's not me saying I think it's a good idea, but I'm saying I could see someone thinking it's a good idea. So I think there were probably, there was probably a market for this. And there was probably people who didn't want it. And people who don't want it, you, you literally, no one's holding a gun to your head. You don't have to buy it. The more we talk about it, like, the more I think it's kind of innocuous. No, the more I think it's, like, not the worst idea in the world. No, and I could understand. This isn't something to me where it's, like, this passed through tens of people yeah. and nobody noticed. Like, I yeah. would have been one of those people, like, to be honest. <laughs> totally. And No, like, the more we talk through it, like. I imagine the scenes that we would be coloring wouldn't be are not you know it'd be no, Lily not coloring in, the, in Lily's bruises no we'd be Lily in the flower shop right Lily's garden at her house yeah what I, else I could Lily, see it there, there's a lot of like every scene is kind of stained no, for sure for sure but that's but that's also like the beauty of the book it's like I re- and what I really loved about the book when I first read it is that it's so it's so accurately took you through the emotions of what it's like to be Lily, yeah. like falling in love. It's so great. Did he just put his hands on me? No, he couldn't have. Like you really go through the emotional stages every chapter. So, and you also go through the cycle of like being a daughter of, of that type of situation and wanting to break the cycle. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's the worst idea. No. I don't think it is either. I didn't know that was. But it's not be my, happening. That's. I didn't know that was going to be where I landed here, which is like, bring it back. No, me too. I was ready to be like this dumb bitch. I'm. I'm going to be part of the contingency that is going to go against the backlashers. I'm going to give backlash to the backlashers. They need it. Yeah, they do. And maybe since the publishing house is really just fucking fickle, then they'll hear our movement, right. and then they'll be like, it's back. No, to be honest, I really feel like the decision to not move forward with it was entirely Colleen's. Like, Colleen is the biggest author of our time right now. Like, what Colleen says goes. And she released a statement on her Instagram being like, we announced this project. I immediately got feedback from you guys that it wasn't the vibe. It was not appropriate. We're not doing it anymore. Like, sounds like she just really, like, respects what her listeners, I mean, what her readers think and decided not to move forward for that reason. Which I understand yeah. The, the the reflex to do that. I do. So uh, so do I, of course. But obviously she said she's a huge fan of adult coloring books. She's like a huge patron of their, you know, a huge consumer. So this mm-hmm. was obviously something that like she thought of on her own and like was really excited about. And and it was ruined for her. Yeah. Congrats. You played yourself. Now we don't get a coloring book. <clears throat> and who suffers? The colorers. Constantly getting shafted. Are you ready for our next story, which is some more business news um, in a week of trending beauty business news? It's not. Oh, yes. No. Sephora is dropping the beauty lines of TikTok stars Addison Rae and Hiram Yarbrough. The Hiram thing is crazy. It looks like the beauty products of two popular influencers, Addison Rae and Hiram Yarbrough, might no longer be available in the malls of America. Insider has confirmed a well-connected industry source that Sephora will be pulling Addison Rae's item beauty and Hiram Yarbrough's selfless by Hiram from its shelves. While item products are still available to purchase on the beauty giant site, products from selfless are nowhere to be found. Well, well let's talk about selfless first. Can I give you background? I feel like you don't know. Yes, I don't know anything. Okay, so skincare by Hiram was this TikToker. Um, Selfless by Hiram. 
well, no, Hiram, skincare by Hiram was his name. Oh, okay, okay. And he used to like duet people who did their skincare routine and like either praise them or tell them what products were bad. And people would like literally do their skincare and be like, Hiram, please rate me. And he would talk about like why, you know, certain products don't have great ingredients and this one has fragrance. Like he was really teaching people about skincare. And he kind of popped off like really he had I don't know how many followers but like a ton he was all over my free page and I didn't even follow him and then um he released his own skincare line with Sephora and it was like such a good idea on Sephora's part and when I tell you right after I heard about the launch I never saw a video of Hiram ever again I don't know what the fuck happened um then there was like a little bit of controversy because Hiram is not like a licensed dermatologist I don't even think he's a licensed esthetician so it was like well why are we listening to Hiram like what's your background yeah but it's like why were we listening to Hiram to begin with like no that was the question like he sounded like he knew what he was talking about but then I think when you're going to actually get into the space and like sell products to people like you definitely need to have some sort of like backing medically in order for people to like really trust you yes in order for people to trust you for sure that is fucking weird. I've never even heard of him. So that just shows you like how big or small he might be. You know, I was not surprised. I literally forgot that he got a skincare line. I was not surprised when they announced that it was being canceled. Honestly, I didn't even know it was still on the shelves. I didn't even know he was still on TikTok. I don't know what happened to him. It's like literally he became so successful. And then whether it was the algorithm or whatever, he literally disappeared from the face of my phone. Wow. Well, he put out a statement to Insider saying, due to changes in direction and retail adjustments, Selfless by Hiram products have been winding down at Sephora. So this goes back to what we were saying. Like, this doesn't mean that influencers are no longer influential, but like it changes literally every five minutes. So it doesn't make sense to really invest in a standalone brand for an influencer who is not tested and hasn't stood the test of time yeah exactly and there's no when someone's been famous for five minutes there is no way to know which of all these five minute fame people are going to be famous for 10 15 20 etc so it doesn't make sense to like invest in them so bigly but like a capsule collection what about a capsule collection well so I also was surprised at the Addison of it all because you know, we were talking earlier this week, TikTok is very much like the hub of beauty trends. Things go viral on TikTok and they really make a difference in, in what sells in the beauty space. And a lot of Addison's products have gone viral. A lot of people have reviewed her products very positively. It's definitely not a brand for everyone, but it's there are some like bomb products on there. And I thought it was doing relatively well. I think item beauty is not as successful as it should have, could have, or would have been. Yeah. Because something is going on with Addison. Like Addison is not invested in being an influencer right now. Like she, if you, I follow her on Instagram, so I don't know what she does on TikTok, but she posts like the bare minimum. She posts pictures that could have been taken anytime, any place. Like we're not, I don't feel like I'm keeping up with her. I don't feel like she's bringing me into her life, which she used to do. So something changed with Addison where like she has consciously taken a step back from social media. And I feel like if she had wanted item to be more of a success, it would have been, but she, her priorities are elsewhere right now. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like no, she has I a lot agree. going on with her family. Maybe she had a taste of all this fame and like she didn't like the taste. And it's like, you know what? I'll just go do these things that make me happy and like travel and be with my boyfriend. And like, she'll always make money because she is one of the biggest influencers, but like she doesn't need to, maybe she just doesn't want to work that hard. I don't know. No, I, not that, you're but like, totally right. there's something going on with her. You know, she's definitely pulled back. Like when you think about, you know, how much content she used to share really before like the Kardashian days. And then she like blew up on Kardashian and like it took her to another level. And she made a conscious decision, whether it had to do with her family stuff or just a decision she came to on her own. She is not sharing what she used to share. She's not as public as she used to be. And she's relatively like off the grid. Right. So you can't be off the grid and your brand is going to, especially a new brand that doesn't, it's not established. Like it's not going to just stay at the top. When the brand revolves around a person, the person has to be 100% in and has to stay at the top in order for the brand to be at the top. And I don't think she wants that. No, I don't think she does either. I don't think she's even upset by this. No, me neither. Like, I don't think she cares. Yeah, because she's caring about something else right now. I don't know what that is. I would, I would love to know, but it seems like she's happy in what she's doing. I feel she's like she doing. cares about her peace. Yeah. 
Which I majorly respect. Respect, same. Because it's, it's a toxic world. And it's like, she wasn't like, Char- like Charlie in the sense that Charlie was younger. So she probably wasn't exposed to some of the things that Addison was exposed to when she first got famous. Yeah. Plus she had her family around her to protect her. And like, I think maybe Addison saw into the belly of the beast and was like, no, thank you. I'm good. Yeah. But like yeah. some of the perks of this life are amazing. And she's always like, you know, she's always on the Amalfi coast. I yeah, like she's she is. always traveling and just being with her boyfriend and like trying to find happiness. I love that for her. I really do. I liked Item Beauty. Like I used a bunch of their products. It was cute. It was definitely like targeted for a younger demo. Younger demos do not shop at Sephora. I think Addison's brand would be like such a better fit at Ulta. Um, it's a lower price point. It's more accessible. Sephora's like very hoity-toity. There's no reason Addison's, you know, line should be sold in the same store as Dior Beauty. Like that just is not, she doesn't need to be next to Pat McGrath. Yeah. But what is, does Ulta not sell Dior? Like they do, but Ulta's just much more of like everything is here. Everything you need from the $5 eyeliner to the $50 eyeliner. Yeah. And Sephora is like very tailored, very refined. You have to get in and it's hard to get in. Like it's much more of like an elite experience. Whereas Ulta is like for the masses. You you need something from from makeup wise, you're better, more likely to find it at Ulta. Is item exclusive to Sephora? S- it was, yes. So it was it was like so Sephora has this like brand incubator. They like own parts of the brands that launch in their store, like Rare Beauty, they own part of. Uh I believe Makeup by Mario is a Sephora exclusive. Now I House be- Labs. And wasn't Fenty Sephora exclusive? Mm, maybe at one point, but I think they sell everywhere now, so I'm not sure. But most of the brands, it. and it's so smart on Sephora's behalf, like most of the brands, because they can make or break a brand based on where they put you, how many stores they put you in. So they have this thing where like they will finance and, and co-found a brand with a celebrity or an influencer and they'll co-own it together. And that's what they did with Rare Beauty. That has been, I think, probably one of their most successful launches. Same with Makeup by Mario. That's what they did with Addison and Item. It didn't work. And Skincare yeah. by Hiram. And it's not always going to work. It's not always going to work. But like, I mean, look at Rare Beauty. Look at Makeup by Mario. Those are like literally two of the biggest brands in makeup right now. And Sephora is at the center of it. Yeah. No, I don't think it's a Sephora. I think it's a whole pie and every piece has to carry its weight. Yeah. So, but also, you know, these makeup brands are fickle and fleeting. You're at the top right now and you could be floundering in a few years. So it's also just such an oversaturated market. Like if you want to stay at the top forever, like you have to constantly be doing the most, you know? Yeah. It's tough. Which is why it's like, there are some brands that don't have to resort to these gimmicks that are just like good Mainstay, like, yeah, like the OGs. The OGs, yeah. So they're probably like looking at all these clowns who are like in the circus. Yeah. And they're like, we're happy to not be there. Right. Yeah, it's funny. It'll, it'll be funny if in like a few years, all these celebrity influencer brands will come and go and like what we're left with is the ones that were here from the beginning. Benefit. NARS. Nars. Yeah. Or Mercier. Totally. I, I, but I think a, a few will, like I think at this point Fenty, like Rihanna's not even forward facing. Like that is just here to stay. No, that's like the perfect example of launching a brand off the back of a, of a celebrity or um, influencer. And the brand totally exists on its own, but Rihanna still being like the face of it only helps tenfold. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Are you ready for our next story? Yes. Little young Hollywood news. Austin Butler is reacting to Kyle Gerber's ex, Jacob Alordi, also playing Elvis. Austin Butler is ready to pass the torch to Elvis Presley, well, the Elvis Presley torch, to his girlfriend's ex, Jacob Alordi. The Elvis star, who is arguably the world's strongest committer to the bit, shot down any speculation that there's bad blood between him and Jacob, who will be playing the king of rock and roll on the big screen. Butler told Variety at the Golden Globes that, I wish him all the best. We haven't spoken, but I hope he has a great time. Jacob will be playing Elvis in the Priscilla Presley biopic called Priscilla. Okay, so I we, I feel like we've spoken about how weird it is that literally in the same year they're making another Elvis biopic, especially when like the first one was so big and blockbuster and major. Like, what's the point? I don't think I ever put together that it being Jacob Elordi, like that they shared Kaya Gerber. We like, did. They had that in common. We did? I believe we did, yeah. 
Okay, I just I guess I haven't like consciously thought about it in a while because it's like definitely weird. And I wonder if the interviewer like knew she was asking this like hot button question or if she just like wanted you know talking about the latest Elvis news. Yeah, probably both. Yeah. But it's crazy. It's like, does Kaya Gerber invent Elvises or is she attracted to men who could play Elvis? I think she's attracted to men who could play Elvis. Like Because she, only the biggest stars in the world could play Elvis. Biggest stars and like really traditionally like old Hollywood glamour handsome is the vibe of Elvis. And like that's so Austin Butler. That's clearly like her type. Yeah. I mean, whoever <laughs> she dates next like could be Elvis too. Right. Elvis, the miniseries. Even though, like, with this, you know, award season upon us, we're getting, like, a lot of Kaya Gerber and Austin Butler moments, photos, videos. Like, the video of him after he won the Golden Globe, like, giving her the biggest kiss and hug. Like, it's it's literally, it's too much. Like, it's so cute. It's cute. I'm definitely still, know. like, justice for Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, I'm just, like, I don't know. Something about him. Yeah, I think I this can't. Whole, I can't shake that one thing I read once. Uh, what I can't shake is like what uh, in, in an alternate reality, if like he had blown up in the way that he did, you know, Nickelodeon star to Elvis, you know, he was irrelevant for so many years. Literally, I only remembered him as Je uh, Vanessa Hudgens' boyfriend. If if he had you know had this moment and had Vanessa by his side, like. And not just kind of the way that I see it is like dropping her for somebody like, you know, younger and more famous and more connected. If he had stuck with the girl who stuck with him, I would have had so much respect. Obsessed. And like, I, I, like it should be Vanessa at the Golden Globes because like Kaya Gerber will be there anyway. Like I know Vanessa at the Oscars, but it's not like he left Vanessa for Kaya. There's a lot of time in between them, but I do feel like. The time from in which he like left Vanessa and got the Elvis role, which yeah. he knew would change his life, like his fortunes changed, yeah. And so all of a sudden, his life did too. No, and like there's the clip that goes around all the time of Vanessa being asked on Ke live with Kelly and Ryan what she thought about Austin after they broke up being cast as Elvis, and she was so happy for him she's like I literally have been manifesting this for him we were in the car going somewhere on the PCH we're in a convertible and an Elvis song comes on and he started singing and I literally said to him like you have to play Elvis like I literally like invented this idea and she was really like genuinely happy for him I don't know I just I, I can't help but think like what those red carpet photos like what we could be experiencing right now if like you know the two Disney kids like stuck together I agree and I feel like we're missing out on that. Like, even though it I should have been Vanessa's kiss. I love the content. I love the Vanessa kiss. I mean, I love the Kaya kiss. Like, and this is no slight to Kaya. This has nothing to do with Kaya. But I just can't help but think what could have been. Yeah, no, Kaya is fine. She will fine. be fine. She's Nepo literally like Nepo baby thrice over. Plus, yeah. she's literally so gorgeous. Like. She's fine. I'm not worried She's about fine. her. No, I agree. Like that that social climbery thing you referenced earlier this week. Like it's definitely, it's definitely there. Yeah, it's just so sometimes like my alarm bells go off. Of course, of course. Our fifth and final story, a little daytime talk show news that I think is going to upset my girl McClurd. No. Insiders are buzzing that Rachel Ray's daytime talk show is ending. <gasps> no, I mean, you know what? All good things must come to an end, honestly. And Rachel Ray has been at the helm of like home and cooking and daytime. And she's had an illustrious career. Maybe she's tired. This is not a failure, but the world will, will not be as good. No, not confirmed, but one industry source speculated that her show is ending. This will be the last season. Another source told page six, they wouldn't be surprised if the show went away because it hasn't been doing well for a while. It's mm. easy to forget that it's even on. Uh, she has been on for 17 seasons now. And, Insiders also at the show are, are scoffing at this and saying that the talk comes up every year because the show is renewed yearly. In fact, they're mm. out there renewing the show right now. There's never a decision until later in the spring. So it's one well, of those, you, you know, know, believe what you want to believe. Show, even if the show did end, it wouldn't be a failure by any means. No. Being on the air for 17 years, whether it was her decision or the network decided not to renew. Regardless, it's such a... It, an accomplishment she really and and tv and daytime are so you know on the downhill anyway like i really probably wouldn't have much to do with rachel although i can't help but imagine that the success of the kelly clarkson show might have had an impact on rachel ray i feel like they're very similar like audiences Energy. and audiences i mean they look alike but 
their audiences, I feel like, are very, you know, older, female, middle America. Like, they love Kelly and they love Rachel Ray and they, like, love to buy all of their clothes, you know? Yeah, but unless they're on at the same time, like, why can't we watch both? No, you can. I just, I just have to imagine the success of her show made a dent in ratings for Rachel Ray. Like, people getting their fix from Kelly. I agree with that and kelly has like an amazing social team like they blow up on tiktok her clips go viral they're really kind of doing the most like daytime is so antiquated and so old school and they're very much bringing it into the 21st century like kelly clarkson is killing it with the guests everything i mean and you really can't compete with kelly Oki. you can't compete with the kelly clarkson show there's nobody in daytime doing more doing better and doing it you know in a more stunning way a more digitally forward way than kelly yeah she kills it she really does. Look at her. And honestly, I I imagine that her karaoke performance of Happier Oh no, what song is it? You made me hate this city. What's that song called? Happier than ever. Oh, okay. What that performance I think did for her entire show cannot be overestimated. Like I have seen that video posted on social media no more than a thousand times with millions and millions of views. I think it introduced Kelly to a generation that had not been familiar with, you know, Justin and Kelly and American Idol. I cannot overstate the impact that performance had on her show, honestly. Well, you know what? That generation needs Kelly because she's a breath of fresh air. She's a positive, uplifting queen. She's been through stuff and she's come out the other side and she's never lost that Kelly smile. I don't know if you saw, but Kelly actually had Justin Guarini on the show. No, I didn't see. I saw clips of the interview. It was so sweet. Like I literally could, I was like, had tears in my eyes. They they were such good friends during the uh, the show. And he was so happy that she won. And they had this great career after, you know, the movie. And they were really the kind of like this duo for he, a while. It didn't even. He was the Dr. Pepper guy. Yeah. I mean, that was years and years later. But I'm talking about like directly after the show. Like, I don't even think it mattered that, that she won and he didn't. Like they both really had this moment after the show. Um And it was so sweet and it was so cool of Kelly to like have him on. And I can't recommend the interview enough. It was really beautiful. That's gorgeous. It doesn't surprise me though, Kelly just giving back to the community. To everyone. It's so Mm -hmm. true. So true. Do you want to have Justin Guarini on the toast? Would that be dream I would love to. It's the sweet ones. We literally started the show with Kelly and we ended the show with Kelly. As we do as often as we can, you know? And you know what I never see? From Jackie to Kelly. I never see comments less Kelly Clarkson talk. That's what I don't see. You're right. They say less Kardashians, less Royals, but nobody ever says, all right, enough with the Kelly Clarkson because you want to know why? She is America's sweetheart, bitch. That's why. She is. She's a woman of the people. And actually, speaking of, I do believe Chloe was also recently on um, the Kelly Clarkson show and they, they, they appear to, to connect. That's so cool. But like, do you think Kelly gets invited to like those dinners, like those celeb <sighs> star studded, like, plus billionaires dinners you want to know what i actually think she doesn't um and i don't think that's a reflection on kelly i think kelly is probably the most normal famous person you'll ever see in your life she has said like she is obsessed with her level of fame like she has all these opportunities this bitch goes to walmart nobody looks at her like she has this like unreal level of fame where she's in millions of homes but her life is relatively normal and unaffected i think she still probably does drop off and pick up she probably has a nanny but like i think she maintains this level of normalcy that is jarring to other celebrities because they don't so maybe they're intimidated by kelly I don't think that they can relate to the feeling of wanting such normalcy, like such normalcy, like yeah. to go to Walmart and not be recognized. Like I, they would be offended by that. Like they say, oh, I just want one normal day. Yeah, yeah. But they don't want like a whole ass normal life. Like it's. No, you're right. And I think Kelly's entire career thus far has been like uh, an act in balancing success and normalcy. And she's done it brilliantly. And that's why. Heretofore, we need the Kelly Clarkson documentary. How did she do it? So true. And the things that she overcame with her record label. Yeah. The many eras of Kelly. Give us the, the doc. Roles, and the you, peaks, and the you valleys. Know I, you know who I want to hear from as a commentator who like has their own personal experience and just can share what their thoughts on Kelly? John Legend. Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's a similar to Kelly. But I want to know what Kelly did that inspired Carrie. Yep. Et cetera, et cetera. So that's just a free I, idea for the industry. 
I thought you were going to say John Legend because there's that famous moment on Watch Happens Live where Kelly is talking. She was promoting her new album, which had a feature from John Legend. And she was talking about how she wanted a feature and like literally nobody in the music industry would get on her record. She was like, literally, I couldn't get arrested. And John Legend like showed up and was like, I'll happily do it. And the song blew up and it was like this amazing story. But if it weren't for John Legend, like literally nobody would have wanted to be on on her record morons and that's why the industry is filled with morons Morons. i completely agree and that's why addison left honestly honestly it was that sort of elitism and moronacy that sent addison straight to the amalfi coast we need an addison x kelly collab that's what we need addison on the clarkson show addison mcclarkson we need a song collab we you know what Literally, Kelly has to do karaoke too. You obsessed. say you're obsessed with me, so I took a second and I said, "Me too." I'm obsessed with me as much as you. We need more Addison music, 100. percent Literally, I need Addison to find what she loves in this life aside from traveling and ignoring us. Yeah, and to do that. What about her acting? Oh my god, she was so good, and she saw so that. She saw that. She was yeah. so good, and she had a big deal with Netflix, and like. Yeah. What's next? Addison, she come left it back all to us. We're sorry. We're sorry she, for what we she did. She left it all behind for the Amalfi Coast. We, can you blame her? No, but we're sorry, Addison. We won't do it again. Whatever it was that we did to upset you, I'm sure we'll it was behave. terrible. I'm sure. What if someone like drove Addison away? Like some well, nasty bigwig tried to take know. advantage of her. Yeah. Let me know who it is because I'm in town and I'll pull up in my Uber and I'll go fuck him up. And he'll have to apologize. It's a he. He'll have to apologize to Addison yeah, and bring her back. And he will step down and then Addison will get his job controlling yes. the studio. Businesswoman moments. Bring back our Addison. That is our show. That was our final show of the week. I cannot thank you guys enough for being patient with your West Coast girly on West Coast time. But starting next week, we're back on Tuesday. We're back on our regular time. I will be back in New York. Jax, thanks for shucking and driving with me this week. I really appreciate it. I love to shuck and jive with you. You do. Literally. Literally. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Toast of the Millennial Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe, give us a video, thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, 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 Castbox, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us, the Toast. Leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you guys have an incredible, incredible, incredible weekend. Don't forget to, you know, celebrate the weekend. Alarm-free living. We love you dearly. We'll see you on Tuesday. Love ya. Bye. Bye.